adults know that Jesus loves them. It's interesting to think that if Jesus loves the little children and the church is the body of Christ, that means if we are the church as God designed it, that our children knows also that the church loves them. And we hope tonight that we can understand a little more clearly what God's will is in our life. And one of the things that God wants us to know is just how important children are. God said in Psalms 127 and verse 3 that they are a heritage or a gift from God. When Jesus was speaking in Matthew, the 18th chapter, He said to be, that we would have to be converted and be like children to become a part of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has found tremendous worth in children. And we too, as followers of Jesus, we should be and hopefully are demonstrating that great worth. This is a very important time of the year for our youth. Uh, from preschool to those even in college, this is the time that school is beginning. Some of them will have the opportunity to form friendships that are brand new, to enter classes that are brand new, uh, to interact with teachers that they've never met before. And so it's a time of great transition, and we want them to know that our prayers are with them, and that we love them, and that we want them to be close to God all of this school year. Jesus, in Matthew, the 19th chapter, this event unfolds to which Jesus responds. Matthew 19 and verse 13. Then children were brought to Him that He might lay His hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to Me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And He laid His hands on them and went away. Isn't it interesting that some adults can get so caught up in religion that they lose sight of some things that are very important, like the worth of a child? Jesus saw such religious adults like that, and He rebuked them. And He stopped what He was doing with the adults, and He brought the children close, brought them in, and He prayed for them. Jesus loves children. And I hope that children that grow up here knows that Jesus loves them. But they also know that the Mount Juliet Church of Christ, the body of Christ, loves children also. Tonight, we want to be mindful in prayer of several things in the life of our children tonight. And so those that have been associated with education will be leading prayers tonight. Shannon Buckner he works as a charitable planner of the University Advancements of Fried Hardeman University. will lead our first prayer in just a moment. David Glisson, who is retired superintendent of schools in Rantoul, Illinois, will lead another prayer. Timothy Thompson, a senior at Wilson Central High School and has been going here uh, since his birth, will lead us in a third prayer. Phil will uh, preach to us, and at the close of service, all students and elders will be invited to come and together around, as we close out our service, um, Brother Albert England will lead us in that prayer. Jesus loves the little children, and so do we. Let's pray. Hey. Good to see everybody tonight. Um, I'd like to remind everyone tonight about the interns get together, uh, the farewell party. It will be in the fellowship hall. Uh, once I noticed that it was not 70 degrees outside, we said, let's do it inside. So... We're going to the fellowship hall, so I know it might be tight. Um, we're planning on people standing around 
and, um, and sitting around. And so hopefully you can stay. Um, the interns have done a great job this summer. Uh, Beth and, and John Michael, Beth Phillips, John Michael Kennedy, John Andrew Jackson uh, have all done just a great job. They've all come in ready to work, ready to go. And uh, we've kept them busy this summer. Uh, we found a few things for them to do and be part of. And uh, they've been great to work with and be around all summer long. Um, so stay tonight if you can. Tonight, uh, it's exciting, back to school night. It's about the one time I speak a year. That's exciting. Uh, but we're going back to school. Uh, some of us might be going back to work. Um, but uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And I was thinking about this. And um, I have a, a few things I want to share with you tonight. 2 Timothy 1.7 is a familiar verse. And Paul's writing here to Timothy. And he says, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, or not a, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as we think about this tonight, I want to ask you a question. Can one person make a difference? Think about that. Now, I know it's easy for us to sit back and say, well, yeah, someone can make a difference. Think about elections that have come down to one vote. Think about ball games that have come down to one hit or one play. Uh, maybe in, in whatever uh, part of life you're thinking about, you can think about one person making a difference. And so it's easy for us to sit back and say, of course, one person can make a difference. But then I want you to ask yourself a question. Can you make a difference? And that's what I want us to think about tonight. Can you make a difference? Can you make a difference at school? Can you make a difference at work? Can you make a difference in the church? And I think this has been on my mind because I took some teens to hear Lonnie Jones recently. And Lonnie said something that really stuck with me. As, as the teens get ready to go back to school, and I know most have already, he said this. He said, you know, in your schools, God doesn't need 700 Christians in your schools. He doesn't need 700 people uh, that are Christians to make a difference. What God does need is one person, one Christian that's committed, that's fired up about being a Christian. One true Christian will make a difference wherever he or she is. doesn't matter how many people are in the school or, or at work, but one Christian that's committed, that's on fire, will make a difference. And as we think about that tonight, as you think about how you can make a difference, how I can make a difference, I want to look at three examples and look at how they made a difference and look at how they were encouraged. Because I think we all need encouragement tonight. And so the first example I want to look at is Gideon. And it's in Judges chapter 6. If you open your Bible to Judges chapter 6, story we were talking about in Bible class this morning in Judges chapter 6, we find, in, the, in verse 1, it says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. For seven years, the Midianites persecuted the Israelites. Because, why? Because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And so for seven years, the Midianites would come in and they would raid their land. Every year they'd grow crops and every year the Midianites would come in and they would destroy their land. They'd tear up all their land, take their goods. And it says in verse 2 that 
many of them had started dwelling in caves, in dens, and strongholds, which are in the mountains. Many of the children of Israel were hiding from the Midianites. And it says, if you skip down to verse 11, we see a man named Gideon, son of Joash. And it says that an angel of the Lord came and, and sat under a tree with him. And it says that while he was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So we see here that Gideon was also hiding from the Midianites. He was threshing his wheat somewhere that he hoped they wouldn't find him. And yet an angel of the Lord came to him. And he said in verse 12, he said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I want to challenge you tonight. Sometimes I think we underestimate ourselves. This, this morning, David mentioned being overrated. I think sometimes we underestimate what we can do, and especially what we can do with God's help. You know, sometimes we might look in the mirror and we might see something totally different than what God sees when he looks at us. The potential that God sees in you, in me, are we using it? Here Gideon was, was down. He was down as, as a child of Israel. He was down on himself. He was down on God. But God said, the angel of the Lord said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And look at what Gideon said in verse 13. He said, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this all happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. All right, so he comes back saying, you know, where is God? Where has God been? I've heard about these great things, but I haven't seen them. And Gideon was was doubting. And he comes back in verse uh, 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So again, he's challenging him. And he's saying, I'm with you. Go. Go in the might of yours, you mighty man of valor. And he comes back. Gideon says again, verse 15, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You see, sometimes I think we underestimate ourselves. We look at our situations, maybe we look at our schools, and everybody around us doing wrong, and we say, I can't do this. Maybe we look at at the job we go to, and we say, I can't do this. I'm the only one here trying to do what's right. I can't save these people. I can't help them. But God might look at us and see something different. He might see something in you that that can help those people, that can be an example for those people that you're around. And he comes back in 16, And the Lord said to him, I want you to hear this. Verse 16, he said, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. As one man. Can one person make a difference? God says they can. God said that Gideon could. Even though Gideon didn't believe in himself, God said, this angel spoke to him and said, You can do it. You're a mighty man in God's eyes. Go in all your might and do this. And, and you see, as you read the story, you see the change. And, and finally, you see this angel gets through to Gideon. And eventually, he goes and he is successful because God built him up, because he allowed God to use him in his service. I want to ask you tonight 
There's a saying that we used to say a lot when I was a kid, and I don't hear it as much anymore. I don't know if this gets said as much, but it's called, I've got your back. Y'all remember that? Do people still say that today? I'm not in touch with the youth of America. All right? I've got your back. You know? I've got your back. And, and when I was growing up in school, people would be like, you know, do you have my back? You know, to their friends. And that was a big deal, you know? Now, I know most of us don't get in a lot of fights or didn't in school, but it was nice to know if you did get in a fight that somebody had your back, unless, especially somebody who was tough, you know? And I think about, you know, there were people in school that nobody would mess with because of the person that had their back. Do you remember those people? I had a little friend named Scott who was very short. Fortunately, through life, he's grown to normal height. But he was very short when we were in school. And Scott would run his mouth like nobody. And he would, he would run his mouth very loose and say whatever he wanted to. And he kind of walked with a swagger through school. And, and you'd sit there and you'd say, what's this little guy talking for? But, you know, he can't beat anybody up. But Scott had an older brother named Steve. That was about five years older than us. And uh, I think started going to uh, prison when he was about eight years old. But Steve did not play around, and everybody knew that. And it was always funny to see someone who had just come to our school, and they would try to pick on Scott, and me and my friends would sit there and say, he does not know his older brother, Steve, and that he's going to pay. But Scott could run his mouth, and he could, he could talk trash to anybody because Steve had his back. Here's the thing. Gideon, in each of these examples... And each of us tonight, God has our back. And that's greater than, than any person, any Steve in America. God has our back. And that's what God's telling Gideon right here. He's saying, I've got your back. You go. I'm going to be with you. And that's what God tells us today. And so when we go in those schools, we, when we go into our office, it's not us alone. It's us with God on our side. God has our back. And that's an awesome thought. A second example is one that there was a verse mentioned this morning. It's Joshua chapter 1. So we got Gideon, and then we got Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua took over after Moses as the leader. And in Joshua 1, verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said in verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And he goes through the land. And then look at verse 5. I really like this verse. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And then once again, he comes back in verse 9. He says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And, and we, as, with the teens, we sing that song a lot. Be strong and courageous. 
You know, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that an awesome thought? Here's Joshua starting over, uh, taking over from Moses. You know, humongous shoes to fill. And God tells him repeatedly, be strong and of good courage. Because I will be with you wherever you go. And folks, that message is true for us today. God's going to be with us wherever we go. And so there's no need for me to be afraid. There's no need for me to lack courage because God is on my side. God has my back, just as he did Gideon and Joshua. And there's a last example I'm going to hit tonight. It's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, an amazing man, one of uh, my heroes that I look up to. And you look at everything Paul did in his life and, and how he never backed down. He never, uh, if he was afraid, he didn't back down from whatever challenge. And I think one of my favorite, I guess, verses about Paul is found in Acts 18, verses 9 and 10. Acts chapter 18. You know, I think when you read about Paul's life and you see how many times he was beaten for the cause of Christ, and you see when he was stoned, and you see so many times when a city would cause a riot against him, you think about it and you say, what kept Paul going? Why in the world did he continue to preach? What man in the right mind would get up from being stoned and left to die and continue to preach the gospel? But then you look at Acts 18 and you see the encouragement that Paul got from the Lord. In Acts 18, 9 and 10, it says, The Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. He said, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Now I want you to take that verse and, and apply it to your life. Think about that verse as you, as you think about going back to school, as you think about just going back to work tomorrow morning. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. He says, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. Listen to this. For I have many people in this city. How many people that you work with could be turned to God if you spoke up? How many people at your school would turn to Christ if you spoke up? He says, don't be afraid. Don't keep silent. And I think sometimes as Christians, we're like the Israelites. We're faithful for a while, we're fired up for a while, but then we, we leave God. Maybe we don't leave Him, maybe we just kind of let our fire get put out. We, we kind of start being lukewarm. And we just, instead of speaking out against God, we just kind of, we're silent. When someone speaks out against God, we don't say anything. When, when people do things that, that we know aren't right, we don't say anything. Here, God was telling Paul, do not be silent. Speak. Don't be afraid. He says, there are many people. I have many people in this city. Think how many people are in this city of Mount Juliet right now that are just waiting for someone to speak and not be silent. That's the challenge that we have. And it's a challenge that we shouldn't be afraid of because God has our back. Because God's going to be with us no matter where we go, no matter where we go to high school, no matter where I go to middle school, no matter where I work, God's going to be with us wherever we go. 
And he says, I'm not going to allow anyone to harm you. I'm with you. Tonight, as we think about this, I want to challenge you. I think sometimes we underestimate ourselves. Sometimes we may not see the potential in ourselves that God sees. And I think sometimes we underestimate God. I think sometimes, and myself included, we, we kind of put God in a box and we say, there's only so much you can do here. And, and we try to limit God's power. But I think about Matthew 21, where Jesus was talking to his disciples. And in Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22, he said, If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And tonight I, I think, you know, if you're sitting there and you're saying, I hear you. But where do I find this courage? Where do, where do I find the courage? Where do I find uh, the bravery that these men had, like, like Paul and like Gideon and like Joshua? Where do I find that? I think here it says, whatever things you ask in prayer, if you believe, you will receive it. And God's right there with us. And God wants to help us. And he wants to help you do great things, just like he did with these men. But you have to ask. You have to trust in Him and know that He has your back. So tonight, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about personally, right now, how you can make a difference. How can you make a difference at school? How can you make a difference where you work? And most importantly, how can you make a difference in the church? Trust in God. Don't be afraid. God has your back. God has your back. And you can do great things if you will trust in Him and allow Him to use you just like He did these men. Tonight, if you have not obeyed the gospel, the Lord's invitation is always open. It's always extended whenever we meet as Christians. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So we've got to believe with all our heart in God, and that Jesus is His Son. Acts 2, 38 tells us to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Mark 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe shall be condemned. Tonight, if you have not taken that step, maybe it's fear that's kept you from it. If you've not put the Lord on in baptism, then tonight you can do that. And you can say, from this day on, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be courageous in the Lord. Maybe tonight you're in a position where you've let your fire go out. As a Christian, you've, you've said, I can't make a difference. I don't want to speak up. I don't want to stand out. Whatever reason, if something sidetracked you, if, if Satan has, has taken you off the course as a Christian, if you need to get your life right, if you need us to pray for you as a church, 
we can do that tonight. If you have any need, get it right tonight as we stand and sing together.